moeten bedrijven die 60 dagen termijn als norm gaan hanteren. Gukman T. heeft drie weken voordat hij een aanslag op een tram in Utrecht pleegde... een gevangenisbewaarder mishandeld. Minister Grapperhaus schrijft aan de Tweede Kamer dat T. toen vast zat voor verkrachting van zijn vriendin. Hij zou de bewaarder hebben mishandeld omdat hij niet mocht bidden in de arbeidsruimte. Kort daarna werd T. onder voorwaarden vrijgelaten. Partijen in de Tweede Kamer willen een inreisverbod voor Steven Anderson... een radicale christelijke prediker uit Amerika... Die wil op 23 mei in Nederland komen spreken. VVD, D66, PvdA, ChristenUnie en SGP willen dat verhinderen. Onder meer omdat Anderson het gebruik van geweld zou goedkeuren. Zo noemde hij de aanslag op een homobar in Orlando in 2016 goed nieuws. De Israëlische premier Netanyahu gaat zijn kabinet vragen... om een nederzetting op de Golanhoogte te vernoemen naar Donald Trump... Zo wil hij de Amerikaanse president bedanken voor de erkenning van het bergmassief als Israëlisch grondgebied. Israël veroverde de Golanhoogte in 1967 op Syrië. Internationaal wordt het gezien als bezet gebied. Lorenzo Fiotti wordt de nieuwe dirigent van het Nederlands Philharmonisch Orkest en de Nationale Opera. De 29-jarige Zwitser begint in 2021. Hij neemt het stokje over van Mark Albrecht, die volgend jaar na tien jaar afzwaait. Het weer. Vanuit het zuiden trekken enkele stevige buien over het land... met kans op onweer en windstoten. Morgen periode met zon en in de middag opnieuw kans op een bui. Het wordt dan 16 tot 19 graden. Dit was het NOS Journaal. U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. Student Radio Maastricht.
Like It Like That by Pete Rodriguez. Beste luisteraar, welkom bij de derde uitzending van Student Radio Maastricht. De radioshow door en voor studenten van Maastricht en iedereen die daarin geïnteresseerd is. In deze aflevering staat, gaan we kijken naar samples, gebruikt in de muziek en in de kunst. Dear listeners, welcome to a new installment of Student Radio Maastricht. Live in the studios of RTV Maastricht. Today we are going to listen to samples in music and arts. Sampling is the reuse of portions of sample of a sound recording in another rec- record. It was originally done in hip-hop and R&B in order to create a loop, but also since and ever since also has been taken in many shapes over the years. Uh, it's shaping the sounds of today's music and without sample music, the music we listen to today would sound very different. Sometimes people use samples of famous songs in order to create familiarity. Let's see if you can recognize which sample was used in the following track. Can you tell me a bit about this, Mikael? We were listening to Like It Like That by Pete Rodriguez. This uh, is a pretty famous song uh, and it has (laughs) been used a lot. It has been used a lot. Okay, so originally it was by this Pete Rodriguez guy. Uh, and it seems like this this man, this myth, this legend, managed to inspire the entire area of the Bronx. And, man, I've been looking into a little bit of research into what he's done. And apart from, of course, the famous Cardi B, I like it like that, he also inspired so many other artists. And, yeah, it's, it's a great example of sampling. A great song that's been used and modified and bettered in a way to create something new. Yeah. Let's and listen to the Cardi B one. I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals, where's my pen, bitch I'm signing, I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks, I like going to the Tula, I put rocks all in my watch, I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance, I like proving niggas wrong, I do what they say I can't, they call me Cardi, Cardi, banging body, spicy mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a Somali, burn, go, Hop up the stool, jump in the coop, hit the on top of the roof, fixing on bitches as hard as I can, eating halal, driving the lamb. So that bitch, I'm sorry though, got my coins like Mario. Yeah, they call me Cardi B, I run this shit like Cardi. Yo, diamond district in the chain. And that is Cardi B. I mean, aside from all the controversy she's stirring up right now, I think she managed to make a killer song uh, way back when. I think it came out in... 2014, and I I just really like it. It's a really nice combination of old um, Latin American, um, what I think they call it, uh, Latin uh, Boogaloo songs? I don't know. And modern uh, reggaeton. I I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And not that much of a fan of reggaeton. Um, Yeah, it's great. It's a great combination of, uh, of sampling. 
Yeah, this sampling. I mean, uh, I I gotta say, I enjoy it. Um, but moving on to the the next song, I think we're gonna do a, some electronic songs by Deruti Column, and uh, Michiel was gonna explain this one in front, and uh, well, it's a really good a uh, really good sample, but something a bit more different. Yes, so we're going to ask our listeners now to see if they can guess the sample in this next song. So keep your ears open and let's hear it. screaming loud voices behind the wall another sleepless night for me it won't do no good to call the police always come late if they come at all last night i heard the screaming loud voices behind the wall Another sleepless night for me, it won't do no good to call 
the police always come late if they come at all. And when they arrive, they say they can't interfere with domestic affairs between a man and his wife. And as they walk out the door, the tears well up in her eyes. Last night I heard the screaming, then a silence that chilled my soul. Prayed that I was dreaming when I saw the ambulance in the road. And the policeman said, I'm here to keep the peace. Will the crowd disperse? I think we all could use some sleep. Last night I heard the screaming, loud voices behind the wall. Another sleepless night for me, it won't do no good to call. The police always come late if they come at all. heard was the Deruti column by Otis followed by Behind the Wall by Tracy Chapman so for those of you with a keen ear you would have heard the Another Sleepless Night line and uh, would have indeed recognized that it was Behind the Wall by uh, Tracy Chapman so uh, for the rest of us in here what did you think of that uh, sample I personally I thought it was tr very transformative uses it in a new genre uh, yeah I mean it's definitely creative uh, that, that that's that, that's I think the essential part to music. You're adding something, and it's yeah, it's making it something. It's a twist. It's a twist. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's a very key point, and we're going to we're going to get in that into that a little bit more uh, later on in the show. But indeed, when you use a sample, one of the most key elements of it is that it's transformative in some way. Yeah, You're yeah. repurposing it. Uh, a lot of times, it's an older song used in a in a totally different genre. And um, yeah, so I think this is a, a perfect example of a uh, of a great sample. Maybe a bit too too hidden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and oh, <laughs> and fans, uh, I think fans, music uh, music lovers, they uh, they love to find those kind of uh, obscure little nuggets of information, things like that. Um, sometimes the hidden samples are the most interesting ones, to, you know, to me at least. Uh, yeah. yeah, you need a keen musical ear for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, next up, we come to Amen Break, and uh, we're going to let you hear that for a little bit.
All right, that was actually Amen Brother by the Winstons, not Amen Break, as I had previously referred to it as. Um, and then we're going to turn it over now to Miguel, who has some information on this song. Yeah, I mean, it's rather confusing. It's very easy to confuse a, a Amen Break and Amen Brother, especially seeing as it's just a part of the song, the Amen Break. Indeed. Yeah, well, if you to those listening, Amen Break is actually a... The, that, that little piece of drum kit that you heard there, that, that drum solo uh, originally by uh, Gregory Coleman. And it's like one of the, ori- like the first samples that you can find in, I think, like mainstream, uh, mainstream jazz. And it really transformed into hip hop right after. And yeah, I mean, it just so uh, you see it everywhere. And, and uh, it's beautiful. I think yeah, it really it's is. something like uh, over 2,000 different songs have sampled uh, <laughs> just that drum fill, which is really incredible. And I think also shows the the versatility of sampling yeah. because I think there's there really is a perception that a um, a sample or a segment of a song is, is something one dimensional um, something that can't be worked around but when you have 2,000 plus songs using the same sample it, it really shows uh, um, yeah like I said the flexibility of that yeah of definitely for, for this sample you don't need any context you just immediately motivated by this little drum kit uh, it's, it's great I really like it yeah right yeah and it's it's percussion based which I think helps too uh, yeah. rather than having uh, too many identifiable lyrics things like that but I mean, but we already saw as well with uh, I like it like that you can use if you use I like it like that or like a, a part of the word as to keep the beat on yeah it still works still absolutely works. Yeah. absolutely yeah well um, we're now going to look into uh, we're starting I think uh the tutti, which is the middle of the the show, where everybody starts discussing and everybody gives a little bit of their their opinion, their 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 bias towards to this week sampling and the issues behind it. Yeah, I thought like something that I found on the internet, which is pretty interesting, is that since the 2014, the Grammys have allowed all sample tracks in their songwriting categories, so including their best song award. What do we think about this? Is this is this okay? Like, is a sample an authentic song or? You know, I actually, I think that's a fantastic question because I think it, it's really a reflection of the, the common perceptions of sampling. I think initially, especially when, uh, when sampling came up in the 90s, 2000s with early uh, hip hop, um, there was a lot of discussion around that, around creativity, around originality. Um, those kinds of things and to me at least I definitely consider sampling to be something that comes out of yourself something that can be completely unique even if you're repurposing another song um, things like that but there is at some point there is a line and as we're going to get into there's been multiple lawsuits in recent years um, and even going further beyond that of uh, artists who've been sued uh, over copyright things like that so Obviously, there's a line to be drawn somewhere between originality and uh, creative repurposing, but what is that line? Yeah, to me, sometimes it seems a bit lazy in some kind of way just to pick, like, especially something that's very recognizable from another track or record and use it in your own music. I don't know what you think about it. I mean, there's definitely ways around doing it that you almost don't hear it, but for some of the tracks in recent times, I feel like it's a bit too much a bit easy i mean of course there's always going to be someone who oversteps the line but i, I don't know like the monopolistic monopolistic tendencies of the musical uh musical business i i don't like them i don't like them i i really like sampling especially they do it a lot on youtube and like new creators new aspiring usually young uh even below legal age get receive sues uh for lawsuits from from companies, not even musical companies, companies where you receive the sampling from itself. Like maybe um, there was a very nice, uh, no, very nice musician that does Disney movies, and he received some uh, some lawsuits from Disney itself. And it's just it's just a continuation of the same. And maybe you're adding something, or maybe you're not. But really, why does it have to be that strict? It's just you're also promoting the original song. Without Cardi B's, I uh, like it like that. I don't think I'd ever would have heard Pete Rodriguez's I like that now. Yeah, and uh, I think you touch on a on a fantastic point there which is about music legacy about referencing uh um, older music uh adding yourself on to a 
to a musical genre, to a legacy. And another thing that you mentioned is, uh, you know, young people making music in their own homes, things like that. The nature of musician musicianship has changed in recent years. You don't see as many kids uh, starting bands, buying guitars, things like that. It's for better or worse, you know, it's changed to a lot more computer-based things. And uh, so that's the new form of creativity, I think. And uh, it really is a shame that copyright law is so uh, dense and hard to, to wade through and incredibly vague at times. But I would also agree with Lotta on, uh, on what she said about it can sometimes be lazy. Um, and you could say that you're relying on the creativity of others at times, but I also like to see it as indeed adding yourself to a musical legacy and referencing other people. Maybe not the creativity because you're being creative yourself, but I'd, I'd admit that you're, you're stealing the ability, the musical ability. So if I want to have an awesome piece with a, with a really nice drum solo, I, I can't do a drum solo myself. But I might use a, I might use a Man Brothers' solo, the MN Break. However, it's still creative and it's still building upon each other. And most of the criticisms against sampling is based on the fact that, you know, what ifs or like people are being lazy. But not that many people are making that much money out of sampling. And when there is, it's obviously a tra uh, travesty. But I mean, I can't really point at my finger someone who's blatantly made that much money off of stealing directly from another track. Right, yeah. And um, there is also, of course, the fact that you do have to get samples cleared. Uh, there is a process for yeah. that. And you have to give credits. Uh, often when a sample is used, uh, the original ar artist of that uh, sample track uh, gets a songwriting credit, something like that. But there's also a, a moral aspect to it. There are a lot of artists who have passed away mm. uh, and who have no uh, control over their own music anymore and uh, they may not have uh, wanted to allow that song to be sampled but you would never know. So that's an interesting conundrum I think. Uh, copyright law really says that you know, once you I mean unless unless it's being built upon by a company that, you, that you've left on your legacy copyright law states that if you die and it part, it's part been 30 years it's it's free trade. It's free use. It's free use. Otherwise, people could uh, people could have Cinderella and their own little marketeering, and the family of the people who created Don Quixote could still be claiming money for Don Quixote. It doesn't make any sense to a certain degree. Yeah, I think a very famous one is the blurred lines, right, from Robert Thicke. I think he was like, he he got like a court case about this, like that he sampled too much. Yeah, uh, that's actually a fantastic example. So this court case was actually finalized uh, last year in 2018, although it had been ongoing since 2015. And it was concerning the Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke track, uh, Blurred Lines, and their use of a sample from Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye. And uh, this court case ended up going against um, Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke, and they were ordered to pay $5 million to the estate of Marvin Gaye. Uh, which is a pretty hefty sum, I'm sure we can all agree. And uh, it, all, it all stemmed from this dispute over them appropriating the feel, quote-unquote feel, of this song, which a lot of critics kind of lampooned this as being incredibly vague. It's not quantifiable. But as we discussed already, there, there's a line to be drawn there somewhere. So uh, we'd like to play... Line. <laughs> a blurry line, yeah, there you go. Uh, and it, it goes back to this line or this question of is it transformative enough? So what we'd like to do is play these songs for you and uh, so give it a listen.
That was Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. And before that, we heard Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye. And uh, we were talking earlier about the how this court case was centered around the feel of these songs. So do we have any, any verdicts from uh, the people around this table? Do you think it's transformative enough? Uh, you mean Robert Thicke's one was transformative enough? Yes. Did I it mean, appropriate the sample or was it, uh, was it transformative? Did it make something new out of it? Uh, no, I would definitely listen to the original much rather. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funky, but yeah, I can I can understand the feel of it, that, that it feels kind of, um, you know, taken a bit too much from it. Um, yeah. But there's a bit of bias, I think. We were just having a conversation during the songs, and I, said, I don't think anyone on this table really enjoys the song. Well, from a musical perspective, I certainly <laughs> do. It's very funky, you know, but... Um, yeah, some of the lines can be considered a bit problematic in today's yeah. standards. But uh, yeah, at the, at the same time, though, you know, in music, there's so much borrowing from, from one another. You look at like 50s rock and roll, it, like the opening chords, they're the same. How many, how many rock and roll songs talk about blue suede shoes? Yeah. You know, it's just, and uh, we're diverging a bit from sampling here. But uh, yeah, I think it gets back to that question of... Uh, how much of music is truly original? Because to me, at least, despite not having this song on my daily playlist, I don't actually think that it uh, crosses that line into copyright infringement. I mean, it, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I was, I don't really quite get what the sample is. Uh, I'm, I don't have that much of a musical ear, but if any of you can actually point it out to me, how that song got sued five million dollars? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, there, were, there was a lot that went into it. Obviously, like I said, this was a three-year-long court case, and they got really into the semantics of it all, but uh, there's a lot about uh, the rhythm and meter of the song, chords used, intonation, things like that, and, uh, you know, without getting all the, you know, totally stuck in those weeds, uh, I, I imagine that was what it was about, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, do we have anything else to say about Blurred Lines? Uh, no, thank you. All right. <laughs> well, next we want to play uh, a sample from a Kanye West song from 2018. This is Someday by Shirley Ann Lee. Someday, someday, someday I, I want to wear a starry All right, so that was Someday by Shirley Ann Lee. And uh, right now we want to play the song that uses that as a sample. That is Ghost Town off of Kanye West's Yay. Someday, someday, I, I wanna wear a starry crown. Someday. 
Ghost Town, the lead single from Kanye West's 2018 album, Yay. Uh, alongside being crowned Song of the Year by Genius in 2018, this song features several gospel, soul, and rock samples, including the one we just heard, Someday, by Shirley Ann Lee, and also a couple snippets taken from a soul cover of Take Me For A Little While, originally by Trade Martin. So to me, this song perfectly encapsulates how versatile sampling can be. Obviously, what Kanye West has done here, he's also... He sings on the track, but also produced it, made the whole instrumental, is he takes all these separate strings from different genres and sort of brings them together. Um, the demo we heard at the beginning, Someday, is an unfinished uh, demo from 1967 that I'm sure he dug up out of a record bin somewhere. And uh, he repurposes it to kick off the song and set the tone um, and for the subject matter of the song, which is about God, uh, existentialism, and kind of reconciling with his faith. And then immediately after that little snippet, he plugs another sample in that kind of opens the whole track up. You hear the, uh, the keyboards. And um, that's a sample, an organ sample from a soul group called the Royal Jester. And it's at this point, you know, Kanye begins to start singing and rapping over it. And his lyrics, um, they also fit with the theme and the tone of these two samples that we heard. So not only do the two samples at the beginning complement each other in tone, but the lyrics sung over them also kind of follow this transition from that somber wistfulness you hear at the beginning and at the end of the song is kind of conveying this sense of complete inhibition freedom uh, things like that and I don't think he would have been able to do it as effectively without utilizing these samples and getting the feel from these other artists and we just talked about feel in this copyright sense so it shows again how complicated and uh, paradoxical it can be and uh, yeah politics aside Kanye West is, is known for doing this. He's known as being an expert curator, which I think is a key word when you're talking about sampling. 
Um, he brings together this diverse spread of samples and featured artists like the woman you hear at the end, 070 Shake. And he's able to craft these tracks that a lot of times are greater than the sum of their parts, in my opinion, and greater than he would be capable of doing himself. So um, to me, that's the big strength of sampling. And uh, yeah, we're going to turn it over to Lotte now. Yeah, Kanye West, very relevant. Thank you. Mm. All right. Uh, we're now going into uh, some of the things that we do every week, which is um, our cultural agenda. Uh, and this uh, time I want to uh, spread light to this or like... Uh, spread light to this festival that is going to happen this Saturday in the Mandrill and it's called uh, Unknown Orbits which is an experimental music festival so it's definitely fits in our taste and uh, students from the conservatory are going to play there uh, lampshades and uh, also meet well I think oh no, I'm not sure actually but actually it's a really good uh, festival you should go to um, so see you there uh, then also the 27th is also the King's Day in the Netherlands and I don't know if all of you know uh, why are we celebrating King's Day but it's actually the birthday of our king um, Koning Willem Alexander der Nederlande and um, so we have just a big party celebrating his uh, birthday. Um, something that you can do which is nice is go to the city park and see the flea market there it's where all the locals go to uh, so if you want to take uh, yourself outside that day hopefully the weather will be nice and uh, you can go there to shop some stuff all right uh, we're going into the last songs actually um, so that's why I also kind of want to take this time to thank our partners uh, we are uh, working together with RTV, They're, we're making use of their studio, so thank you for that. And also, uh, we are sponsored by Code Zero for Three. Thank you. All right, we're going into the next song, and this is an example of how samples are used in modern day music. Oh, Eh, mengondo ya ne mune, na mona mune. 
Wait, 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 wait. We can't just leave it at that. We, we have to say how awesome this song is. Uh, yeah, I mean... Oh. That one convinced me. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> That's a good sample. It's, I mean, it's kind of like a crossroads here as well because we had to intervene by saying how much we like this last song but at the same time we're depriving our listeners a little bit of the ending of it so yeah yeah um i think the the really interesting thing about this one and we've seen it in a couple of the other examples we had is how it's it takes something from one genre and puts it in a new genre and that sounds simplistic you know but i think it can be very difficult to pull off so in this case they're taking the um, a small guitar segment and the vocals and they're looping it which we talked about that's the origin of sampling just a good old-fashioned loop you know 
And uh, yeah, personally, I really like that one. But uh, I don't know, Lotte, did we manage to change your mind a little yes, bit? Yes, for sure. I like it. Yeah, I think also the whole idea of looping is more interesting to me. So you're not just taking words from someone or, you know, lyrics. That's I think that's a bit too much of uh, someone taking someone's creative process. But this this is fine. You know, this is kind of experimental, what I like. Yeah. You just can't escape. You just can't escape that how much the song has changed. So it's still paying uh, tribute to the original singer, which I can't remember right now his name. But it's also building something that's incredible. I really like it. I really like it. I'm sold. And um, yeah, I mean, finally, I mean, unless we have any last opinions to it, last concluding remarks to uh, sampling. You know, the only thing, the last thing that I would add is we talked a little bit earlier about contributing and adding on top of already existing legacies, already existing um, traditions in music. And uh, I think this is another really great example of that. And, um, you know, in order to be a part of a musical legacy, I don't think you always have to pave your own path in the most traditional sense. Uh, I think like you mentioned, Miguel, it can also be an, an homage to your predecessors, to your influences. And, um, but I would agree with Lotta actually that looping is a really technically difficult thing to pull off uh, in a, uh, in a instrumental, in a song, you know, making the loop is easy, but making everything tight, making it sound great. That can be a lot, uh, a lot easier said than done. And, um, yeah, I think that would be my final thought on sampling. Mm, great. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I mean, insofar as sampling, I think we've only mentioned really other songs, but sampling can be many other things. I mean, we've all seen the comedy skits of someone replaying one classic uh, comedy moment, classic fail, and making a song out of it, well, a very well-known song out of it. But there's also something much nicer. And we mentioned the artist that I'm about to present before uh, when it came to lawsuits and Disney, but it's this YouTuber who's become famous for making sample songs out of... Uh, Disney quotes and we're about to fade out of this wonderful wonderful session with one of my favorite songs that he made it's uh, Boy and a Bear which relates the lovely relationship between Winnie the Pooh and oh I've forgotten the name of the the, uh, what? Christopher Robin yes (laughs) I completely forgot the name of uh, that classic character so yeah Boy and a Bear
iedere maandag hamburgers 8,75. Dinsdag, woensdag en donderdag pizza's voor 7,75. En vrijdag onbeperkt sperrips voor maar 12,50. Van alles schet. Rijksweg 132, Bergenterpleit. Van alles schet, daar vind je het. Kijk voor meer info op vanalleschet.com. Hey Zaak, bel ik zoetruk. Wat met je bak van Emmerich, zeg ik even niks. Ik wil alleen maar proeven, zo lekker, niet te geloven. Dan bachtel ik broed en gebak van bakkerij Emmerich's in Vroenhoven. Dagelijks veers, zo lekker en vlakbij, zus over de grens bij Wolder. Tot ziens bij bakkerij Emmerich's in Vroenhoven Riemst. De geschiedenis van Maastricht kun je proeven. Want de Hoeskamer van Maastricht heeft er een eetkamer bij. Welkom in Brasserie de Vogelstruis. Pal naast Café de Vogelstruis, ons nieuwste familielid. Kom lunchen of dineren en geniet van de authentieke Maastrichtse gerechten. Zoals de vleesgerechten naar recept van de familie Hostenbach. Brasserie de Vogelstruis, proef de geschiedenis van Maastricht. Jos, ik wil piloot werken. Heb jij dat beste te gaan? Wieso? De beste een brokje piloot. Altijd weer auto's gaan. Hier in Krets, Toonduik. Met over. Gewoon ik naar Moors auto's gaat in een Valkenburg. Hè? Dan zien ze er niks meer van. Hop, in de leenauto. Ferio Fokwa garantie. Fokwa. Fokwa. Snel klaar, gepots. Blinkend wie de spiegel, Jos. Dat ze dicht maar in een helm geven. Jos, ik zeg maar altijd zwaar. Wie want Moors? Wie want Moors? Wie want Moors? No, 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 Pierre. Aan in een auto te zien, kent ze ze beter weer bellen. 043 609 09. 09. Of gang naar Moors, autoschade.nl. Lekker digitaal. Digitaal, Pierre. Digitaal. Oog, oog. U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. 87.5 op de kabel, 107.5 in de ether. Christian Bonenbakker met het NOS Journaal. Het bestuur van Forum voor Democratie heeft Henk Otten gevraagd... te stoppen als medewerker van de Tweede Kamerfractie... Otte is medeoprichter van de partij en wordt volgende maand fractieleider in de Eerste Kamer. Afgelopen zaterdag uitte hij in NRC Handelsblad kritiek op partijleider Baudet. Gisteren werd al bekend dat Otte zijn functie als penningmeester neerlegt. Volgens Baudet stond dat los van het interview in NRC. Nu zegt Baudet op Twitter dat Otte eervol vertrekt als fractiemedewerker. Hij wenst